Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday we were shaking the Monday morning blues with the Duke Time crew. And it's Relationship Monday as always. And we talked about the subtle qualities single men find most attractive in women. Well, the first thing that hit the list was confidence. Mm. Well, you know, we asked the due time crew to discuss what they thought, you know, confidence meant. And was it really something that was important? And yes, ladies, confidence is important. Mm. You know, our self-esteem A lot of women are really, really beat down On their self-esteem Or in their self-esteem area And it really, really shakes your confidence level And, uh, hmm Let me tell you Men don't like to see weak women Or women, uh who need to be constantly bolstered. No, they want to see someone who's confident and standing on our own two feet, okay? All righty. Uh, a sense of humor. Woo! You know, this was really something that all three of our uh, panelists Thought that was important yesterday Yes, a sense of humor Having a sense of humor You know, life is already Already tense You know, and you don't want to have to Constantly look at somebody's face Who's always serious No, you want to know that 
you tell a good joke, and you make her laugh. So, ladies, come on. Smile a while, okay? Get that morning smile on. Make him happy. Now, here's another big one. Paying attention to him. Oh, my goodness. You know, Brother Al has always talked about this. He always talks about him talking to a woman and her flipping through her phone. <laughs> Since Brother Al has been on this broadcast, he has always talked about her not paying attention because she on that phone. Yeah. You know, this is something that men do look out for. Nobody wants to be with a woman who's always got so many things on her mind that she really doesn't think of him. Okay? What else did they name? Hmm. I want to think so. I want to see something. Oh, having her own opinion. Nobody wants to be with a person who they see as a puppet. You know, he wants to know that he does influence your thoughts and he does want to see that you know there's something on your mind of your own okay you don't want to have a woman who is just a follower now listen listen ladies now don't be over opinionated that that, that can definitely work against you okay so You want to make sure that there's a nice balance to all of this, okay? All right. So that was just a few of the things that uh, men found, you know, in a woman that, you know, she has that subtle attraction, you know. In other words, it comes across strong, but it's not overly done, okay? So if it's natural, yeah, it'll come across subtly, all right? All right. Well, after a couple of weeks, we got the switch with Shantice and be ready for the field. Mm. Oh, be ready for the field. The switch tip, you know, God needs to be able to send his workers out. Okay? And you can't be within those four walls only because people are not always going to come to the church. No, they're not always going to come to the church building. Let me say it again. They're not always coming to the church building. You are going to have to get out there and reach people, all right? Just going to church every week and sitting down and not saying anything. That's not going to work, my people. No, God needs to use us. We need to be ready to get up and get out and let people see. Jesus on the outside you know a lot of what Jesus did a lot of his ministry 
did not take place in the church. No. A lot of the ministry was done in the field. Okay? You know, just reading Acts and, you know, reading about Jesus' footwork is, I mean, it was really so powerful as I'm reading. It's, it's crazy because you really see that there were just some people who just look forward to going to church. And if you talk to, you know, some of the older people about going out, because they thought that that job was reserved for evangelists and missionaries. They don't think they have to get out. But there are so many people who need to see you who have lost confidence in the church. There's so many people who need to see you who just, they haven't heard the right thing about God. No, they haven't heard the right thing that would draw them into the church. But in order to do that, you've got to get in that field and get that work done. All right? So, you know, get out there. You've got every day during the week. That's your field. When you go to school, when you go to church, when you go to, I'm sorry, not to go to church, when you go to work. When you go to the store, that's also your field. All right? So you should always be on a mission for the Lord. Okay? All righty. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Yes, and we've got our My Two Cents segment. Yeah, we started last week. So I hope you are following with us so you can go on this journey because we got some stuff to talk about, all right? So come on, come on, come on. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Come on, come on, come on. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right Preventing type 2 diabetes is easier when you have the encouragement and support of others. That's why the CDC-led National Diabetes Prevention Program's Lifestyle Change Program works so well. Your support group is probably the biggest help. They keep you motivated, and what I enjoyed most was the way I felt when I finished the class. Being in the class and having the support of people who are in the same predicament as I was really helped a lot. What's really powerful in the program is when participants are able to connect with one another, to share ideas, to problem solve, to support one another, and many of those relationships continue outside of the group and beyond the program. Type 2 diabetes can be prevented. Learn how being a part of a community with similar challenges and goals can help you succeed. Visit www.cdc.gov slash prevent type 2.
good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. We have started on our journey of kingdom business season two. And last week we covered episodes one and two. We're behind. We're behind. And this was, you know, I wanted to actually go through this journey as they were airing, and I actually caught it late. So we're doubling up. So last week we did episodes one and two, and oh, what a start. And this week we're covering episodes two and three, I'm sorry, three and four. All right, so let's get this party started. Good morning, good morning. We are talking about Kingdom Business Season 2, Episodes 3 and 4, While We Sing and Caught Up. Now, in the aftermath of tragedy, new scandalous revelations complicate Rebel's journey toward redemption and the Jordan family's fight for their gospel record label their legacy, and their lives. We want to know who will win the battle for Demeter's throne and Rebel's soul. Ah, I really hope you're on this journey with us as we climb the ladder and find out what's really going on. Now, you know how we get this party started each week with my girl, Shantice. Let's say good morning. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am well. I am well, thank you. All right, now, what are we talking about with uh, episode three, While We Sing? How are we getting started this morning? (sighs) Part of the opening scene (laughs) was... Rebel and Xavier, the new producer she's working with, being intimate. And it was just like, why? Why on two different two different areas? Why do we have to see this? And why? How did you end up sleeping with him? How did it go from you being stern in the champagne room 
and letting it be known, you know, what it is that you want to do musically. So now y'all in the bed. How did he get here? <laughs> this is why nobody takes women serious in the music industry. Well, this is one of the reasons. But but this is why. And for someone who's from the streets, that was such a careless and reckless move on her part. You know, he's a man, so he's going to do what he does. But as a woman, that so bo- both of those angles had that seemed very, very disturbing to me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I thought the same thing. Um, I, I, why, why? You know, okay, so we, we have definitely discussed the issue of them trying to make it real and them showing, you know, a real angle to this person's life who is from the street and who mm-hmm. lives the life of a, a stripper or an exotic dancer, whichever one you want to say. And we understand. We, we get it. We get that, you know, she's going to be doing things and, you know, so forth and so on. But my thing is, come on, y'all. Do we have to see it? Now, the scene was not long, but it was, it was just right. to me, for me, for me. You know, the just the simple existence of it was a little too much for me. I was like, "Oh, come on!" You know, we okay. So we we have to deal with the cussing. Well, we don't have to deal with anything, to be honest. But you know what I'm saying? You you know you 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 endure the cussing. You're like, okay. But the 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 interesting part was, so you <laughs> you. Shanti's brought up a very good point, and to me, which was a segue to where this epi- where this scene went. So as they're indulging, he wants to talk like real nasty to her and, you know, um, say what, you know, people say or what he thinks she wants to hear or the type of person she is. So he ends up calling her a particular name, and she really loses it. You know, oh, you don't have to call me that. He calls her the B word. You don't have to call me that and blah, blah, blah. But yet you put yourself in this particular situation. You know, you really, right. You know, why would you, again, you compromise your entire level of integrity, business savvy, your skill, blah, blah, blah. When you go to bed with these executives, with these producers, with these people, and now you wonder why they look at you like this or they speak to you like this, and and come to find out, he ends up saying, "Well, I don't, I don't like to talk like that either. I thought that's what you wanted." Well, this is what happens because this is the mm-hmm. way everybody thinks. So, you know, I was like, "Well, what did you expect him to say?" You you right. already put yourself in that situation, so you know what? Might as well all bets off. Might as well again go the distance. So she and she was really quote unquote disturbed about this. Well, that was probably about how disturbed we were looking at this scene. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> and seeing that you really lowered your standards. Now you, I mean, you just really just dropping. Dropping and dropping um, 
lower and lower and lower on the totem pole, you know, with this. Um, all right, Shantice, take it from there, girl. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, then it went from that to the outfit she had on um, when she had to go meet with Caesar. And it was this short, short, like cheerleading type mini skirt, played out mini skirt. And this crop top hoodie and these boots that almost came to her ankle. And I'm like, all right, I understand that you're still fighting the concept and the image of a gospel singer. Especially, like, did that bedroom incident teach you nothing? Like, you're still going to meet a man. You know, even though she treats Caesar like the annoying father she never wanted. You're still (laughs) going to meet a man. You know, you know most likely Taj is going to be there. You know how y'all keep flirting with each other. And it's just like, at no point are you really trying to understand that you need to change your overall image. Not only when Caesar says, okay, you need to be in front of a camera and you're representing the gospel arena. Even behind the scenes, and this is why it makes me think like this is why a lot of the times it takes us so long to really make that switch that God needs us to make because behind the scenes, we're still trying to hold on to our image, the image that we have. And I'm just like, but you're walking, not only are you walking in there with members, you're still walking into a label. So, you know, at any point, these are going to have Tasha Cobbs, Kiara Sheard, any other um, gospel artist there to work with you, to, co- you know, collab with you, to mentor you. And not that these women would be surprised to see her dress like that necessarily, you know, but it's just like, are you, you're not trying to help this at all. Yeah, it, it that that there, excuse me, actually caught my attention also. But before we get there, before we get there, she had changed her clothes in the house, and she ends up with in this conversation with Xavier, and she they agree to now have this side relationship. So not only is he going to be the producer for her at this, you know, label or whatever he's doing. But now she's agreeing to sleep with him. They both express that they don't want any, um, any relationship. They just want this fling. He, and I'm like, okay, I'm really, really, really lost here. You, again, another move where you're dropping your standards yet again. And like Shanti said, you know, there's there's got to be, well, at least for me, some some level of growth. You know, some like Shanti said, you know, when you know when you walk up into the meeting with Caesar, you don't know what he's going to have you do. And mm-hmm. here you are. You are not prepared for him to send you out anywhere. He would have to go get some wardrobe for you to go out on any business meeting or whatever have you. So it still, you know, shows that you want to be taken seriously. 
but yet you don't mm-hmm. want to step up to the plate to be taken seriously. So, you know, you can kind of tell she's still, and, and it's not so much criticizing her because, again, here's a person who's coming from the street and blah, blah, blah. But, again, you've gotten enough of this from Caesar to really just, in, in, in other words, you just are still rebelling. So Rebel, mm-hmm. is, she's living up to this name because everything she's doing is still showing a level of rebellion. And I'm like, okay, come on, girl. You, you're going to you're gonna have to get with it. You want somebody to take you seriously, you're going to have to step up to the plate, and you're going to have to get it together. Well, I'm going to take this time to have our brother Ainsley join us now that we've got this conversation started. Good morning, Ains. Hey, good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, Shantice. <laughs> good morning. Uh, hey, it's Tuesday morning. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. I mean, how did this episode start for you? What was the, the, the jump off for you? Uh, well, actually, even before the rebel thing, I mean, the very first scene you see that uh, the bishop, uh, that okay, look, there's something scandalous else going on with him, and you know mm-hmm. I think this is when he starts off. Look at the computer; he gets the email and it has pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't quite make out what the picture was about, but I believe it was pictures of his kids, and right. so it's like right. okay, right. there's something further going on with him, and so I think was really trying to figure out what that was about. Um, but then going on now with the rebel. Um, I hear what y'all are saying, but to me, it's like, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I was like, okay, do we, do we really have to see all of this? But, okay, we got to see the realism of what's really going on here. And we got this girl, she's really still in her process. Uh, she's still in her process and stuff. But you got to remember, you know, like, like you said, she's from the streets. <laughs> and her background is like, Listen, sex sells. That's what gets her money. That's what gets what she, you know, that's been her, her lifestyle. And from the scene, you could tell, even though we see what they're doing, but she's really not into it. And mm-hmm. if you call later on, um, uh, I, I don't know who, who she said it to, but she said, you know, um, the guy, Xavier, she can get more from Xavier than what she can go with. Caesar, but mm-hmm. to me she's using mm-hmm. him. She's right. definitely using him. So she's using, you know, sex to get what she wants. Yeah, it's dropping her standards, but that's what she used to, you know. And when she just caught, really caught offense to, you know, when you call her that. But I'm like, I agree with y'all. It's like, okay, you, you drop your standards, so you know that comes along with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know about about uh him calling her, you know, the B word and stuff like that. But to me, she's just still, and still in the process. So to me, she just use, using him um, and the best way she can. And, um, but otherwise, we want to deal with him. You know, they both say, we don't want my relationship. We're just going to do our little, I guess, our little side thing going on here. Yeah. 
You know, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. how it jumped off for me. And um okay. and um I don't know I don't know how far they wanna go. Um but I, I think though I think it goes on to the next episode about um Dadita's amnesia. No, um, no, 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 no. How you go all the way to episode two and we still <laughs> just starting with I, I, episode I'm lost, one? I, I'm, I'm lost where, 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 where that come in at, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, 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 uh. We ain't okay, going my bad, my bad. Now. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, let me just comment on 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 what you said. You know, there's no, um, there's nothing lost on the fact that, you know, um, this is her process. However, the point that's really being made on this side by women is you, she's been a straight brat. Oh, my gosh. She's yeah. been a straight brat straight brat she's been complaining about everything she's been um um everything is is just i don't want to do this everything and you're right you know she, you could tell during the scene she's looking up in the air there's no interest though the point that's being made is shut up shut up you make the move just understand that all of this stuff comes with it. You know, you want to be taken seriously. This is the something that she's been talking about. She wants to be taken seriously. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to do that. She wants to do it her way, blah, blah, blah. But understand, let me tell you something. She is still at an age. I don't care nothing about your process. You are still at an age. She's been in the street long enough to know that, yo, this comes with the territory. So stop complaining. Right. You, you, how you, how you doing all yeah. of this, but yet you're still complaining? How you doing all of this, but yet you still want to be taken seriously? She's been crying about being taken seriously from the very beginning. That's one of her arguments with Caesar. She sees this as one level. He sees it as a process. She sees the process very differently. So let me tell you something. If you all that street. You already know how it goes down in the street. So, yes, this mm-hmm. is very clear that this is the process because she's also young. So she's going to have a young mind. However, on a street level, let me tell you something. You think street. You are not going to be right. all that oblivious to somebody sleeping with you, going to be expect- calling you names. And oh, Let me tell you something. You've been an exotic za- dancer. That ain't the first time somebody just said something freaky or, or out of, the, or out of <laughs> sorts for her. Stop. Just cut it out. No, 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 no. But the only reason why she got mad, the only reason why she got mad was because she wasn't into it. If she was into it and he told her, it wouldn't matter. Right. But because you already, and I don't understand how you're doing that, because that, but because you're sitting there counting the minutes as to when this is going to be over, he could (laughs) have said, it it looks like it's going to rain, and you could have thought it was going to be sunny, and you would have smacked him. Because it had everything to do with her not being into it. Right. So, right, yes, right. you're absolutely right. This is her process, and this is something that is very clear. How, because we also, we've talked about this, the, the, the whole conversion. You know, that in of itself is, listen, if you're not an exa- exotic dancer, the conversion from being a non-believer to a believer, that stuff is serious. There's a whole lot of conversion and transition and all that stuff that takes place. So even that in and of itself, it, 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 it's deep. It's deep. This walk ain't easy. You, you can't do the things you used to do. And we all have learned that the hard way. It's like, oh, I can't do that no more. Certain things is like a no-brainer. But other things is like, dang, I 
didn't realize I couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, you know, we, we get it. We get that this is the process, but this bratty, this this complaining, and, you know, you still want everything your way, despite the fact that this is what comes with the territory, you still want it to go your way. Later on, he gives her a gift, and she's admiring. So, yes, this is all up her alley. Just like you said, this is what she wants. This is what she's looking for. These are all the perks that come from, you know, this is all the stuff she wants. She doesn't want a commitment. She doesn't want to be in a relationship, and neither does he. So this all works. So in 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 reality, she knows this ain't going to go down, you know, um, smoothly. She knows that this is not going to go down like... You know, uh, uh, um, there's a word I'm looking for or a phrase because you that's why you don't want the commitment. But you know, and anybody knows, when you don't make a commitment and you in this industry, man, oh, man, oh, man. Wait, Pat, Pat, All right. Pat, hold on. Yes. I'm, I'm so sorry, real quick. When you were just speaking, you know what I thought about? Didn't you just do a story last week about the girl who shot the, the manager? And obviously they were in some type of relationship. Yes, she, she yes, shot the yes. And killed them. That's exactly what this looks like. It, it has the potential of being. Right. Y'all want to right. deal with each other, oh, but God. one may want. Yes, one may want. Because when they both said, I don't want that, I don't want it either. And I'm sitting there like, lies, lies, because it never works. Somebody's going to get caught right. up more than the other one. Yep. And now it's yep. going to be all this fighting. And as soon as you were talking, I thought about that story you did. It was in the news last week about the young artist who shot the manager and the rest of the team was like, it's not the first time they've been in some type of crazy physical altercation. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So, you know, you know this is part of the game. And, again, if you all that street, you're mm-hmm. not oblivious to this because I'm going to tell you something else. This ain't the first time she just slept with somebody to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. So, this, mm-hmm. you know, cut all the whining. Cut all the whining. All right, so, uh, Brother Ainsley, I'm going to let you push it a little further in episode three. What you got? Okay. Uh, okay, let me go. Uh, let me see. Um. Let me see. Okay. You know, when um, Danita, you know, when she told me she can't sing, something wrong with her voice, and um, um, well, this is where you get the hint that something is really that, to me, mentally she's going to write. Um, there's one scene she's with the attorney, and she says she can't remember, you know, exactly everything, but then the attorney mentions to her where, um, her, her voice is insured, and all of a sudden she seems mighty happy. And again, you know, get more information about the insurance she had on a voice that she didn't recall, right? <laughs> and and you know, but yet she still can't sing. But when she goes to the to the, see the vocal coach, you know, and <laughs> it kind of reminds me like how you know a lot of vocal people are, they, they tend to be kind of short. And she's doing all those vocal exercises, like that, me, 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 you know, that doing the breathing exercises. And he's like, oh, come on, I'll stop. Come on, please. I ain't trying to hear all that. You know? And he was yeah, old, so you could tell he was from the old school. Yeah. Old school. We ain't trying to go through all this, man. You can mm-hmm. sing. You know, he was like, 
it's not it's not a physical thing, you know. It's it's so it's either mental. If it's mental, you need to go see a therapist. But if it's spiritual, you need to go to God. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and you know. So one thing it seems to me is that Danita in this episode she tends to be, um, what's the word? I find that like you know she was she was seemed to be, she seemed to be a little more calm. And 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 apologetic when she mm-hmm. apologized to her daughter CJ, um, yeah, her daughter CJ, and you know she seemed to be coming, even in the talk she had with a um, uh, with with her husband, and you know, and you know, she talks about, you know, she did have another baby, you know that you know CJ what I mean um. I was on the first. There seems to be seem seem to sense to be a reconciliation with her through this episode, which, mm-hmm, which to me yeah. was kind of refreshing to, which was kind of refreshing to see. So it seemed like mm-hmm. there was some kind of, uh, you know, she was really trying to seek God in 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 in, in her life now, with a new life. You know, after this um, big ordeal she she had went through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but again, as you call uh Deacon Kirk Franklin <laughs> you know, it's a good thing he said, you know, the problem is um you got it's it's all about these lies. Sometimes you gotta get to the bottom, mm-hmm. get to where where it started from. I thought that was very significant, you know. Mm-hmm. So you you know, you see lies built upon lies. You tell one lie, you got you know, you gotta be in you know, begin with another lie, another lie, and get right down to the beginning. So it looks like the, the biggest lie is the cover-up of when she had the um, the first child and uh, that yeah. whole um, scenario. And I got to say, Loretta, she's doing her thing in this role. Man, <laughs> this woman. She's doing her yeah. thing. This woman's here. I want to stick a pin in this. I want to stick a pin in this. You know, and I'm going to move to you, Shanti, since since uh, Brother Ainsley brought it up. Um, since he's brought this up, you know, they bring up this issue of her giving up the baby um, for adoption, and you know, um, and then another part of this quote unquote secret comes out. You want to take it from there? I think the mother's lying. That baby ain't dead. Um, I mean, that's just something else to settle her. Because if I tell you that, or if I confirm that, yeah, this now grown child is out there, what's going to stop you from going to look for him or her? So now that's going to throw a monkey wrench in what I want you to do. I want you to be here doing damage damage control with the plan that I have, but if you're not out searching for a missing person, then what time are you going to have here to follow the plan that I'm laying out for you? You know, mm-hmm. and it was extremely significant for Deacon Kirk to bring up, you know, <laughs> you, you're trying to find a remedy. The remedy is real simple. You need to go back, even if God is to stay, because this is what God does, and I think a lot of us miss this because we're just so busy being selfish and, you know, scared. But revealing your secrets doesn't always mean revealing it to people. 
It means going to God and confessing, acknowledging what you've done. And it doesn't mean all the time he's going to allow it to be this big blow-up to where now other people know and so on and so forth. The blow-up could be just between you and God, and he still keeps it confined, and he will let you know what it is you have to do from there. But because we tell God we don't want to do that, then sometimes he just got to let everything leak out into the public, and then it gets handled from from that end. And we've seen even from, episode, from season one that this is not the first time Deacon Kirk has spoken to her about confronting God with all of the things she's been lying about. So it's like, how long are you going to continue to hear this before now God possibly removes that, that mercy and that grace where it could just be between, you know, you and him and maybe your husband, maybe your children, you know. And now it's just this whole big thing, you know, that's out. But I, I believe the the mother's lying. That, that kid is out. But she ain't trying to have anything. <laughs> now, she is a straight public relations person for her daughter's life <laughs> and career. So she ain't trying to say anything that she feels is now going to interfere with the plan that she has for her. You know, it, it, she is like like uh, Brother Ainsley said. You know, Loretta Devine is a straight vet, and she really brings mm-hmm. it in this particular show. Um, she's mm-hmm. she's always had these traits. It's some, you know, when you're dealing with I can't Jennifer Lewis, and when you're dealing with Loretta Devine, they always played the mothers, and they bring a certain dynamic to the table. Like I've seen very few other. TV moms bring it. And in this show, she is out there. When you talk about she's running the show, she is straight running the show. Like like both of you have said, she's not leaving any room for anything. She has her agenda set. The 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 biggest um thing for to, that could have ever happened was Danita getting ill and losing, going into this coma, and losing her memory, and now, like like Brother Ainsley said, it comes out that there's this $30 million insurance on her voice, and the whopper is mom gets the payout. <laughs> if she mm-hmm. should, you know, something should happen to the voice. So mom has been running her own agenda for quite some time. I'm going to push this into um, episode two, or, which would be episode four for brother Ainsley so he can get his stuff out. Um, but, you, you know, there's a wonderful dynamic between her and uh, Bishop Kirk or, or, or uh, what's his name? Deacon Kirk. And you're right, from the very first season, he's been talking to her about just being um, honest with God and revealing, you know, and and being transparent to God and repenting and confessing. And he talked about it last episode or last, you know, the the beginning of this season. And he's, again, it was was comical to me how he says, um, you know, you got to reveal, you know, what's been going on to God. She was like, like what? He starts playing Caesar's song. (laughs) So it's like, okay, hey, go back to, you know, you got to go all the way back to the beginning when you were lying about this song being 
um, Caesar's, not being Caesar's son, but being yours. Now, here's what I want to throw out to Brother Ainsley, and I know he's going to love this one. Okay, so I kept saying to Shantice throughout this entire episode three, I'm like, yo, the stuff she's talking about does not seem like this is somebody who's lost their memory. She's talking about so much stuff. And I remember the baby. Um, She talks about the baby with the mother, and the mother says, well, you know, you gave it up for the kingdom. And I can say all the stuff she's talking about, Shanti, how in the world she remember all of this stuff, and she got amnesia. You don't remember all of this? And she just keeps spilling stuff and spilling stuff. So go ahead, Brother Ainsley. Go ahead. I'll let you take it off. Yeah, and I say that. Go ahead. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> then I say that I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave it up last week. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, almost she was like playing it too cool that okay, mm. I don't have my memory. I was like, it was too, it was a little bit too much. I was like, yeah, you got it because you're trying to play like you don't have it. So, <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's another part? Uh, um, okay. What about her not so, losing her memory? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but here's another thing. But even even then, because she 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 told that to her. Um, uh, yeah, what's her mother's name? Well, you know, I call Loretta. You know, she said, I remember everything. And it seems as though, like, they guess she has issues with her mother because she said, like, every time when she got a little attention, her mother would do something to drive to grab the attention away from her. So she felt like there's this dynamic she has with her mother. Oh, that's not good, you know. So it's almost like a little power struggle um, that's going on there. But at that point, she tells her mother, you know, yeah, I do remember everything. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. CJ hears that, you know, yeah, she has her memory, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so so it's like, okay, you you went to CJ, you apologize and say, listen, I'm sorry for, if you can come to me for anything you need, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry for, if it seemed like I, I came to you, I, I interrupted your message, your sermon when you, when you speak. But yet, she finds out then you've been lying about you already being healed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. so you got everybody praying for you and, you know, hoping you bring you better, but you're already better and you don't say nothing. Nothing now that's, that's, you know, that's a, that, that's an issue though. I, you know, to me, that's an issue though. You know, you got people worrying about you getting your memory back, your memory back and you're keeping a secret, you know, to those who are closer to you, to your family. And mm-hmm. so I can see why CJ um, is upset with her later on. She's upset with her, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I, I don't want to go too far. So, <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, Shantice, you, <laughs> well, what's your thought on this whole? You know, she's been, you know, saying she can't remember, but yet there's all of these indicators that she actually does remember. Yeah, because it was annoying. All this stuff like, <laughs> oh, yeah, because, you know, I never forget my coins. 
or what was what she said last night? Cause, oh, um, when CJ said something about her music, I think that's when and she's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, music never leaves you. What are you talking about? When you lose your memory, everything leaves you. That's why it's called, right. it's called loss of memory. How you lose your memory, but you never forget your coin, or music never leaves you. No, no, no. That, that's when she was um, in, in the studio, I think, trying to rehearse. And so, yeah, music never leaves you. Like, what are you talking about? So those were, like, dead giveaways ever since, like she said, when she went home. She started saying little silly things like that. I was just like, all right, now it's really up in the air as to whether your memory is really lost. One of the things I was happy about, um, it was really unfortunate that her daughter overheard her admitting this out of spite to her mother. Um, her daughter overheard her admitting that her memory was recovered, was restored. One of the things that I was really happy about was the integrity of the bishop, of her husband, because with her not, with her being able to remember and her, you know, still being able to converse with him, because he's really committed to getting his personal life right with God, his relationship right with God, even when she invited him to, you know, lay down with her, just just to sleep. And he was like, you know what, I really, really want to, but when your memory comes back and you remember and you can really make this conscious decision to say, what was you laying next to me, then I'll come in. And I was like, wow. So not only did he say that then before she confirmed, before she confirmed that she had her memory back, but with her knowing, you know, she's been like thinking like, oh, what he's thinking, I still don't remember anything. That was extremely integral on his part. And I really hope she's paying attention to all of this because your your past is just as stink as his, okay? Like, mm-hmm. it, the, de- the deeds may have been different, but both of y'all have some stink traits about y'all. <laughs> so it, it's, like, serious. And that used to get on my nerves last season. Like, why do you keep talking to this man like you're so, you're so on the up and up, but yet he's mm-hmm. just the filthiest being on earth when both of y'all are trash. Like, both of them were trash. They both trashed that um, church. They both trashed that family. You know, so to have him saying all these things, and even the way he, he looks and the way he moves and the way he speaks, you can really tell, like, all right, I know I'm going to get a whole lot of backlash, but this is what I know I need to do. So that aspect of it I was really happy about. But <laughs> she just figured, let me tell my mother this to shut her up. Like, I ain't, I remember everything. Okay, so mm-hmm. while you thinking you doing all this damage control PR rep, I I remember. All right, so you mm-hmm. keep doing what you think you're doing, but yeah, that that whole thing was. I was like, finally, finally. So maybe now she'll stop saying all this stupid stuff. Well, you know, because she still has to fool the son and, and the father and everybody else. And then that goes right back to the lies. Now Deacon Kirk just spoke to you about the lies. So now you're compounding. <laughs> you're adding more lies. Right. You're adding right. more lies because you're trying to avoid this lawsuit. It's going to blow right. up that you, you know, it's, it's that, true. That you're, that you're, instead, instead of you going back to Caesar and just admitting it, and this man is still in love with you. So you went back apologetic. I'm pretty sure he'll drop that lawsuit and y'all be able to work whatever out privately. But because you're just used to lying, it's just a mess. 
Well, that's one of the things that I, I definitely wanted to bring out for her and the and the pastor. You know, you both talk about you want to do better, you want to improve, you know, in different ways they say this. But yet you really see that they still, again, like Rebel, you still have these same nasty traits. So you're still lying and pretending like you have amnesia. And when you come out to CJ, you tell it, you know, tell the truth because you were, you didn't want to get this lawsuit from Caesar because of your amnesia. Um, he's holding it off. But, and then you have the father who goes after the chief with a bat. I'm like, yo, this still, you're supposed to be on the, on the right path. <laughs> and yet, these are the things that y'all are doing. It's like, no, even though people, everybody doesn't know what you're doing, you still got all this underhanded stuff, go, behind the scenes stuff going on. Now, I want to talk about a couple of things, and then we're going to go into the, the things that took place in the in the episode that I want to talk about just church folk Um type of things because in this in this particular season I think they really came they came back to me in this season with a lot more messages than they did last season so I definitely want to talk about that because you know it's definitely going to be helpful to those who are listening and maybe not have watched um, this this series now let's talk about Taj and this whole fiasco of this um, wedding with oh. Essence, wedding oh. plans with Essence. Yeah. You know, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw something out to each of you and elaborate uh, for you to elaborate on so that we can um, get because I do want enough information out there about the episode. So, um, Ainsley, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the Taj and the Essence um uh, dynamic with planning this wedding and some of the things that he kind of stepped up and and did and said. I was a little surprised. Yeah. Um, okay. First of all, you get the hint that he's not really ready for this. It's just like he's really being pushed into this whole wedding thing because he's expecting. And you know, there was a scene where you know he's talking with the father by the park. And the father asks, you know, are you in, the, are you in love? And he asks him, are you in love? And he says, yes, I love her. But the father says, you ain't answer, you ain't answer my question. Actually, was you in love? Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's always been that dynamic. You know, he cares about the baby that's about to come, but it's clear he's not truly in love with essence and stuff like that. But at least now, right? So. um they 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 go to um what's called the um uh, family counseling was that this episode I'll jump yeah. in well but, yeah, no it's, it's it doesn't matter it's in the, the the whole two episodes okay yeah so yeah so at least you see and and then it's it's a good thing he mentioned okay that we gotta have uh yes yeah, so he desired his father to to preside you know over their over their wedding um but they need um. Uh, counseling and when when they go to the counseling it's a good thing he said you know you see the conflict you know he wants to be brought up in the church and in essence she was like no I think the child should 
he can the child can make his own decision. You see the problems. <laughs> That's the reason why you have counseling. So you know you can right. work out those those issues right. beforehand and, and stuff like that. And and so to me, it's clear. It's, it's time and time again. You're seeing that he's not really in love with um, with essence. And you see, and you still got you see those flirtatious moments he's still having with uh, with Rebel. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, he definitely not. He definitely that's me. So going to the, he just going through the motions and stuff. But it's wrong. It's it's wrong. It's wrong. It's really wrong thing for him. And it's, he's he's seeing too many instances of um, that he's not really he's not he he cares for her. He loves her, um, but this is not coming from a place from like he really unless if she wasn't pregnant. He wouldn't be doing this. Oh no, absolutely not. And and like you said, you know, it not only is he not ready, but she's not ready either. Because again, you see this whole, you know, she wants to pay for the wedding. You know, she's been saving up for this all her life, or she struggled all her life, and now she has money to spend, and this wedding could be what she wants it to be. So it's all about the wedding to her. It's all about the name for her. It's all about just having all of this attention for her. So not only is she. He's not ready, but neither is she. Oh, again, I'm so glad he put his foot down and he insisted that they go to counseling because, and, and here's the dumb thing for him, you know, you insist that y'all go to counseling and you know you ain't ready. So you don't think that it's going to come out that you're not ready either? So that wasn't, you know, it was smart, but yet it wasn't smart. And then you have during, like you said, Brother Ainsley, during the counseling, you know, session, all, and it was the the, the, the the look on the pastor's face was cracking me up because she was like, oh, really, this is what we're doing? And, you know, she's talking about let the child make up its own mind, and, you know, her parents did this with her, her parents did that with her. So really neither one of them are ready. Um, and, and this spills out during the conversation that he has, like you said, with the dad and um, also in this counseling session. Shantice, we're going to move to the interview. Oh, you got a couple of minutes to talk about the interview. It was silly for them to allow her to be there. If this was supposed to be, and of course this was grandma's plan and grandma didn't want her on, at all, especially in that outfit. Um, but if this was the plan, the plan to show the authenticity of this family, where Marilyn Monroe come from? And so that whole thing is just like, what? It was just like, I don't understand how that makes sense to anybody, for anyone, including the journalist, to have her sit there. Because even the, the appearance, if the TV was on mute, and you were just looking at the visual, it looked off. So that that was very careless because you're putting out there that this family is still a show. There is still a whole lot going on. So that whole interview was for nothing. Um, and, again, it showed the vanity of Essence. It showed how Taj is not willing to really put his foot down because how how – how long would he have put his foot down with counseling? Has she really fought back? She didn't really fight back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
that's why they went to counseling. But had she really been like, I'm not doing this, I don't want to do this, or I don't want this counselor or whoever, whoever, I don't think they would have really done counseling because he's not putting his foot down, really. Because you wouldn't have been sitting up in my family's interview, especially looking like that. So there, there goes that theory. Um, but, yeah, it, it definitely just really showed not the vanity of just her but of the entire family despite what, you know, even the, what the bishop was saying as far as I'm not going to stop at nothing to, you know, um, get expose Danny's killer and protect my family and let it be known, yes, I acknowledge what I did and this is how I'm going to right my wrongs, so on and so forth. You can't take all that but so serious when you're looking at this. And the the, the mother just wanted to pass out. I was <laughs> putting the camera on, on, yeah, on this, yeah. this, this mother. She, she could have just stabbed herself in the neck. She was just over it. Because it's like, not only is this going left, but the way this is going left. So I was happy about that, too, because it showed her you don't have as much control as you think. You know, mm-hmm. but in in regards to what this interview was supposed to do, it, it, it got shot down once they allowed Essence to, to sit on set because now this is something staged. Now this has everything to do with, with publicity because even she said, oh, you want viewers? Put me up there. This is not mm-hmm. for views. Mm-hmm. This is so this family can start the process of redeeming themselves in the public eye. This isn't to gain views for the journalists or, I mean, even though in the back of their head, you know, this is the goal. But that wasn't the main goal. The main goal was to do damage control to now build Danita's um, career again and the success of the church and the record label. It, it was just, even the preparation, oh, my goodness, if they don't get rid of Sasha, even the preparation for the, the interview, like, why is she still here? Um, those lips, please. They, they have to get rid of her because, see, people don't understand that even that could have contributed to Essence ending up being on camera. Because when you don't have everything locked in everywhere, you have, there's no difference really between Essence and Sasha. It's all about right. persona for them. It's all about publicity for them. So now you've got this type of assistant who has a certain level of control as far as running things, escorting the journalists here, and da 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 So now you already have that type of energy and aura in the place. So now it's nothing for, for Essence to wolf in and say, oh, well, we should do this. It's just like people don't understand how one thing is connected to the other. Just... Yes. Uh, actually, you know, the mother setting up the interview was already goal-oriented. So, you know what, mm-hmm. this is just God showing that, you know what, when you have, a you know, your ulterior motives, ain't nothing going to go right. Because she, the, the daughter said stuff, Danita said, you know, she threw out her, you know, little uh, extra, you know, somebody prayed for me, so please come forward. You know, the father's on there talking about, hey, you know, I'm trying to get this, uh, I'm, I'm not going to stop until I find, you know, Danny's killer. So everybody's kind of going for theirs. And that's exactly what it was. You know, other than CJ and Taj, everybody was going for theirs. So you know what? This is what you what you want. 
This is what you get. You just don't get exactly what you want. So that was a really interesting dynamic for me, this interview, and how poorly that went and how, again, like you said, there's no control over anything. I want to mm-hmm. go into some of these messages that was uh, were, were, hey, were put out there. Yes. Professor, what's one thing? It's <laughs> a little funny. It's kind of go off book. You know, it, it brought it my it brought my attention when you see when the interview was going left. You see how Loretta she was going she was getting so frustrated and she holding up her, yes. her script like you know stick to the script right stick to the script. right like, right yeah it was like you don't remember yes. your lines. It, it, yes. it, honestly, it reminded me back in the day during the plays where you used to oh, doing the plays goodness, back in the day. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, like you don't know your life. Yes. You like, well, yo, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, yes, which is what Shantice alluded to. You know, she was really losing it back there, holding up the paper. And, the frustration you know, really was real. Yes. She was, I mean, she was going crazy in the background. That's why I said, you know what? You want your, you have your ulterior motives. This ain't going to go well. This not going to go. And that was pure. I mean, that was classic and authentic. It was hilarious. Shantice and I just bust out laughing. She was back there losing it um, over this, this, uh, this script that she had. She scripted everything, wanted them to rehearse the way they answered. She had written out everybody's mm-hmm. answers on the pretense of, of Danita losing her memory and not wanting her to go off, um, off script. And, um, right. You know, so so Go hey, this is, that's right. You know, so this is what, <laughs> this is really what you end up getting when you play by your own set of rules. Um, all right, you know, there's 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 been, there's been quite a few messages here, and I thought it was great for our church folk segment. And one of the things I believe it was the conversation between Danita and. Um, Bishop, I keep calling him Bishop, Deacon Kirk, she, you know, they were talking about her singing and her being unable to sing. And she asks the question, you know, why would God save my life only to kill my blessing? And, you know, alluding to the fact that, you know what, I didn't die during this whole incident, but when I, when I, you know, actually came back to, you know, from the coma, I didn't have um, my singing voice. I didn't have the gift that God had given me. So are you bringing me back to do what? What are you bringing me back to do? And we've got our pastors on the line, and I wanted to just kind of get into this conversation with them, you know, and us, between them and us, to really just talk about this thing, this this gift and, you know, how things end up happening to us, and we think that there's a separation. And sometimes there actually is a separation between, you know, God saving our life and us kind of picking up where we left off and the gifts kind of seeming like they didn't went to the, you know, Back into La La Land. It doesn't exist anymore. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. 
All right, Pastor Jeff, you know, I'm sure in all your years of pastoring, you know, this has been a question posed to you one way or another. And, again, the question is, you know, why would God save my life? You know, I went through this ordeal. I was in a coma, and now I'm out of the coma, but now I can't sing. And now he's going to kill my blessing. What's your concept and thought on that? And how would you respond to a congregant asking that question? Well, first of all, is your life your gift? Mm. You know, I mean, people think that their life is their gift, and that's not that's not true. I mean, God God might have gifted you, and it served a purpose maybe for that season, but the main purpose of your life, what was it? You know, he saved your life for a reason, and it might be the story that you 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 have lived that's preaching, you know, to help somebody else. You understand? I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff in the Bible, what they went through and they came out of, you know, we don't know how Lazarus was after he, he you know, he was resurrected. We don't know if he was the same person. I know my uh, my brother, he had a, a a stroke at a very young age, and he's a you know you know he's a well known preacher, and he was he was different after that aneurysm in his head. You know, after that surgery, his personality changed. He wasn't the same person, you know. And literally, I could see he became a better person, you know. So is the gift the main focus? The gift was your main focus, but was it God's main focus? Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff, Pastor Jeff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, talking about a person with a singing gift. Let's talk to Pastor KL and get his take on this whole question. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well. Thank you. I am well. You know, we're talking about, you know, Danita, who is Yolanda Adams' character, and, you know, she's you know, you've heard from last episode, you know, last week's um, conversation and, you know, this week's conversation where, you know, she was shot, she was in a coma, and now she wakes up and she doesn't have her voice. She can't get her singing voice um, together. You know, she goes to the vocal coach and she's doing all these breathing exercises and he ain't trying to hear none of this. He's like, listen, you just sing. Just get this together and just sing. And she asks, you know, almost like her spiritual advisor, you know, the question, why would God save my life only to kill my blessing, which is her gift? Well, what's your take on it? Uh, Pastor Jeff just gave a very interesting take on this um, thought process. Well, just because you're gifted doesn't mean that you're anointed to do it. Mm. Gifts come without repentance. You know what I mean? There are many people who have gifts, but I've never seen any gift that destroys the yoke. Mm. You know, and, 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 and you, you can be gifted and no one be moved. You can be gifted and bless no one. You know, there's a lot of people in the choir, a lot of people in the church who are gifted, but they can't, they can't reach heaven. You, you know what mm. I mean? There, there is no one who is getting delivered from your gift. 
You know, sometimes we give gifts to people, and, and it's the wrong gift. Your gift don't fit. Mm-hmm. But yet it's a <laughs> gift, but I can't wear it because it don't fit. So, so mm-hmm. you know, while, while God has saved your life, he saved it for a reason, and the blessing is not what you think it is. And sometimes you have to do your first works over. Mm. And it's kind of like what Deacon Kirk kind of said, Ains, Brother Ainsley, you know, this is what he's been trying to get across to her. You have to do those first gifts over, that first, uh, my my brain's going, um, you have to do your first work over again. Yes, you got. What do uh-huh. you have to say? Yeah, um, so true. And uh, you know, to me, somebody was like, you know, why did you know that she's that she's saying, you know, God brought me through this, but now I can't sing. It's like okay, but hold up. Uh, do we do do we not realize God does not make mistakes? All right, mm-hmm. so. If it was all about your your gift or whatnot, you wouldn't be here. You know, you're still here. So it's not about your gift, as Pastor K.L. said. You know, God does not make mistakes or whatnot. So, okay, so now you're at a new place. you got to realize it's not about your gift. Now, if you don't know what it is, now you need to see God and see what 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 is now as your real purpose. Or get back, you say, get back, go back to step number one. Your first and true love should be should it be to God and and see where His direction really is. Because if it's not the gift, then you need to find out where it is. God don't make mistakes, so let's start let's start with there. You know, um, it, it, it's not by error or by chance. Then if you really can't sing, it's 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 not by chance. And then it's it's something something else for that person to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes we just get off track. Like uh, Pastor Jeff said, you know, that's just your sole focus. And that's not your life. You've made it your life. I want to go to another comment that was made where um, the the, the uh, it comes out between mom and daughter, Danita and uh, Darlene, our mom, Loretta Devine. It comes out that... You know, she gave up this child for adoption. Denita gave up this child for adoption, you know, when, you know, they drove her off out into, you know, this faraway land where nobody could know she had this baby, blah, blah, blah. And this has been a secret that they've kept. And the comment was made, the statement was made by Loretta Devine, the mother, sometimes the truth belongs in the dark. Because Denise is talking about bringing out, you know, this this whole uh, secret, but Mom wants to keep the secret in, you know, in the dark. And she's saying, you know, well, you kept the secret for the kingdom. You know, this is what you did for the kingdom, whether it's the kingdom of God, whether it's the kingdom church, because that's the name of their church. It doesn't really matter. So, you know, her her thought is, you know, sometimes. You know, the truth belongs in the dark. Pastor Jeff, what are we talking about? Is there truth to that, in your opinion? <laughs> well, I mean, on the on the holiness surface, you know, truth should always come to light. <laughs> but on the flesh surface, some truth can really destroy families and 
everything else because you let the lie linger so long or be the, you know, be the truth so long that, you know, if you bring out the truth now, it could tear up some stuff. So, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of, you know, as, as, as a man, <laughs> agree that some truth needs to, <laughs> need to stay, you know, stay, stay hidden. Because I can think of some things that if I brought up now, it, it could really destroy some stuff that is, you know, going very well. You know, I and and I and I don't see no. What's the purpose of bringing it up? You know, I'm not telling no more lies. I just ain't bringing that truth out. You know, so mm. you know, just something that came to my mind. So okay, I, I don't know. You know, what what does God say? If God say bring the truth out. Then then bring it out. But if He doesn't, leave it alone. <laughs> Plainly put. <laughs> oh, Pastor KL. You know, the statement, I'm going to say this statement again. Sometimes the truth belongs in the dark. What's your take on this here? Well, in, in our flesh, we, we, we totally agree that. You know, especially, you know, as Pastor Jeff said, being a man, yes, yeah, some stuff needs to stay in the dark. However, in the spiritual realm, the truth is the light. You know, and anything that happens in the dark is going to come to light anyway. Unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't come to light until after someone is deceased. And then while you're laying there and you're not even in the picture anymore, you've destroyed a whole family. Mm. You've brought the whole family into turmoil. And now they have to deal with this with unanswered questions because they can't ask you anything. Shantice, you kind of talked about this a little while ago. And, you know, here's an opportunity for you to kind of elaborate on it with this being the flat-out statement by mom and, you know, watching this entire um, fiasco with her and, you know, wanting to kind of customize Danita's life as this full-grown mother, wife, and knowing what she did when she was younger, of course she would want this stuff to stay in the dog. But that concept, what do you think of it? I think it makes you have to ask yourself the question, what God am I serving? Am I serving God or have I made my mother my God? Because God keeps sending the counsel through being Kurt for me to open up to him, for me to do certain things with and for him, but yet I keep allowing my mother in my ear, and now I'm a lot more aware of how toxic my mother's strategies and advice is, but yet who am I gravitating to more? I'm still leaning more towards what my mother is saying. And you're talking about a grown woman now. You're not even talking about someone rebel's age or maybe someone younger or someone who doesn't have a certain level of life experience to be able to understand, okay, this has to stop. I I have to now let you know that God has to now govern my decisions. God has to now give me the strength to do whatever it is he needs me to do or what he needs me to refrain from doing and or saying. So this just had me thinking like, well, who... How is it that you're sitting now? It's to the point where you're watching this same mother 
get ready to sabotage your son's life with the same type of arranged marriage, with the same type of all and yet you're sitting by, but because you're still trying to lie about not having your memories, you can't even defend your son and try to talk some sense into your son so he doesn't make the same mistakes you're still making with the same person because you still got your own wicked agenda going on. So it's like, at what point do you sit back and ask, well, who am I serving? Who am I supposed to be serving? I'm serving this fleshly person. I'm supposed to be serving God. And God has allowed me to see that as long as I continue to serve anyone and anything else besides him, this is slowly but quickly unraveling and blowing up in my face. Your daughter already overheard that you were lying. How long is it going to be now before someone else who is not going to keep that contained or anything else contained, it just now becomes a big old circus within the family and the business again. Interesting, interesting responses to that particular statement. Now, you know, we always talking about Rebel and how, you know, she is rebelling um, against everything. And, and there's, you know, this whole um, issue of Caesar doing a prison ministry um, concert, if you will, and he brings this to her for her to be a part of it. And yet again, in her bratish ways, you know, bratty ways, she does not want to participate. And she complains, I don't want to go to prison. I don't want to step back into prison. You know, I went to juvie and, you know, it reminds me so much of that. And, you know, I'm going to come back to this part, you know, where she gets a piece of advice um, from a mentor, or I don't know if she's a counselor or a mentor, but she gets a little piece of advice from her. But she does make this statement, and this was really powerful. And she says, when I went to juvie, I cried out to God, and I didn't think he heard me. I had made so many mistakes, and I had so many scars I thought he had thrown me away, but he didn't no matter how many times I fell. Pastor Jeff, you know, what is the reality on just us going through life and making mistakes? And how common is it that we think, you know, we've made so many mistakes, God does not want anything to do with us? I mean, you can get that feeling. I mean, I I struggle with that, you know, with all the things I've done and, you know, things I haven't forgiven myself for completely. You know, it, it'll have you viewing God a certain way, that he don't love me and da-da-da-da, because we put God in our human uh, persona, like he thinks like we think and loves like we love, because our love is always conditional, but... His love is unconditional, and we can't hardly even fathom that. So we'll allow all the things we've done to make us feel bad about ourselves. When he's put it under the blood, he's forgiven, and he's not even thinking about that or operating, you know, from that standpoint with us. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's my take mm-hmm. on it. Okay, okay. You know, Nicole used to end the same way. That's that's the, and that that's my take on it. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness! Every time you see it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how, that's what made it so comical. I was like, okay, that must be something they say to one another, because she's in the same exact way. Uh, Pastor KL, you know, this is this is very common, especially when we've lived a life that is like so reckless, and the world has made us think that the life that we've lived is so, so unforgivable by God. And, you know, now we, we've we gotten to the point where we don't even think God wants us. He can do anything with us. He's rejected us. He doesn't hear us because we don't have any answers, quote-unquote, to our prayer. How do, you, how do you address that with people who have felt that way or who feel that way right now? Well, first of all, you're still here. So, so that, that 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 right there is a sign that God is concerned about you. You're you're, you're still here, and and the enemy would would want to make you believe that God can't use you. You know, so many times, you know, you ask people to come to church, or you ask people to join the church, or you know, just to get involved, and they would say, "No, I'm not ready yet," or or you know, they'll they'll make excuses for you know, what's going on, you know, as, as the man by, 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 by the water. And they said, well, well, what's stopping you from getting in here? And he had excuses. Everybody else, when I try to get there, everybody else got in there first. You know what I mean? We, we make excuses on why we can't serve God or why God can't use us, you know, but, but just because you're alive, you know, that, that right there is, is a statement and people don't even see how profound that is because it could have went another way. You know, you've gone through some things, and yet you're still here. You know, you, you've been tested through the fire. You've gone through the flood. You know, you've been homeless. You, you've been through a lot of things, and yet you're still here in spite of. So, so, mm-hmm. so God is concerned about you. Ooh, all right, all right, all right. Oh, you men are really doing your thing today. Um, I would, you know, be moved if I were down and out like this. Brother Angeli, you know, people have in their mind a gradation of sin. You know, this sin is greater than the next one, and that sin is not as bad as this one. And that kind of leads a lot of people to believe that, you know, um, you know, my sin is not forgivable. My God looks at my sin different than he looks at the next sin. And therefore, you know, even when I'm trying to do the right thing, when God hasn't moved in my time, my belief is that God is not listening to me. He doesn't hear what I have to say. He's turned his back and he's listening to everybody else, not me. What would you say to that one? Uh, I would agree, like uh, Pastor Carol just said, you're still here. And, you know, because you got to realize our time is not God's time. And so you're still here. And it's natural. We, we'll, we'll go through, as human nature, if you will, we'll go through the thought, okay, well, maybe I pray for something and it seemed like it, the prayer is not being answered. Or, or I've done I've done something so terrible that I'm undeserving of of grace and mercy, or 
there's no reason why this is the reason why um my prayers are not being answered or this is the reason why um I'm in the situation that I am because I've done so badly. I've done, I've done this. I've done that. No matter what it is, and but you're still here. But the thing is, under God, all sin is just sin. There's no one sin greater than the, uh, than the other. And the thing is, God's grace and mercy. That's as long as we have His grace and mercy, we are still here. We have an God answered. He hears. He He hears all. And the fact that he hears all, um, is you just got to realize our time is not his time. We just got to be patient, stand, stand tall, and let God do what he want to do in his own time and realize our time is not his time. Because, listen, the way we operate, you know, we, <laughs> the way we operate, we are doomed to fail. We are doomed to fail on all. Mm-hmm. You know, because we need God on it. We need you know, to be, to be moved by the Spirit in the first place. So by our own, by our own actions, we're insufficient. So we've got to allow God to do what he's going to do in his time, be comfortable and, and acknowledge that he knows what he's doing. Again, he doesn't make mistakes. So we've got to be moved by on his time and, and just and, 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 and be and realize if he brought you from one, if it's just one little thing, he could bring, if he brought you through that, he could bring you through this. If he brings you through this, he could bring you through that. You know, so uh, it's, we just, it's, it takes patience. Uh, but as Pastor Kale said, you're still here. So uh, God hears you. And we just got to, you know, trust and still trust and put your faith and believe in God. And let him do what he's going to do when he does what he's going to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. There's another very profound statement that you, and I say it's profound because, you know, this is very, very, very atypical of the way people think. And it is profound because, you know, it, it's it's for me, for me, I, I would say, you know, not profound as as great, but profound as deep. And, you know, we we kind of struggle with this those who are believers, we struggle with this quite often in the world, trying to let people know that uh, we also struggle. You know, there was a statement that was made, and, you know, the statement was, people think we sing gospel. Because we sing gospel, we don't struggle. But sometimes we struggle even more than others. Pastor Jeff, what, how does that hit you? Well, it's true. You know, like um, my people always say with me, they're like, man, you're always the same. You know, they never see you sad, you know, and you just this, that, and the other. And, you know, and, you know, you know, and, and it's not true. I, bat- I battle depression a lot all my life. But nobody knows it because I'm able to keep the facade, I guess, keep you know, keep the, the straight face. You know, people don't really know your struggles. And I seem to get a lot of people who battle depression. I got a counsel, and and they pick me because I'm never depressed as far as they're concerned, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I laugh inside because even my wife says that. Baby, you're just the same. And I said, man, this woman's mad to me and don't really know my struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, so... People, people don't know. 
you know, they, they don't know. They just see the story. They don't they don't know the history. They don't know what you battling, what you came through, any of that. Ah, mm. oh, Pastor KL. You know, we we have our game face on. Our poker mm. face is on. And people think because, you know, we're preaching or we're singing or, you know, we're operating the way we are that we don't struggle. But in actuality, you know, a lot of us struggle even more than the non-believer. Is that true? It's definitely true because there's a greater attack on your life, you know, so so. the enemy knows that that if, if if I can get to you the head, that I automatically kill the body, which is your church. You know, so the greater attack is on the head. You know, and and you know we talk about wearing the mask. We wear the mask well. You know, we come to church sometimes when we don't feel like preaching. You know, where 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 we we've stayed up all night and still don't have a word, and all we can do is get up there and hope that God speaks to us. You know, when 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 you see us shouting and is crying and stuff like that, you know, it, it, it's sometimes warfare. We're, we're, we're warring through some stuff. You know, the songwriter said, my worship is for real. Sometimes all you can do, you can't even preach. All you can do is worship him because if it had not been for him today, today, not, not looking back over my life and see where he's brought me from, but just today, because today I didn't want to get out of bed. Today I was so caught up in my depression that I didn't want to move. But because God has given me the strength to come out of here, if it had not been for God who was on my side, where would I be? You know, but, but we have to look at it from a day-to-day thing. You know, I, I get so tired when people only have testimonies from what happened to them 10 years ago. He did something <laughs> for you today. He woke you up today. So if he woke you up today, that's a different – stop telling me about what happened to you 10 years ago because I can't live on I'm that. I'm going to have to send you an offer, man. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you preach well, My cash app is. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Shantice, you know, as a believer – You know, people, a lot of times people come to you, you know, because they're down and out and they think, you know, that, oh, you know, I can go to so-and-so because, you know, they they got it together. You know, when they preach that word and they are so encouraging and they're so supportive and they always got a word for me. And yet in the background, you got a whole different thing going on. Ah, what do you have to say for this? I agree with what the pastors have said so far, and Pastor Kale touched on what I was thinking. You know, this is why God, we can't be no dry Christian for Jesus because he relies on us. He understands what we go through behind the scenes, and no, it's not always meant for us to wear our heart on our sleeves and, you know, let it be known every time we feel like whining or crying or anything because one of the benefits of being a follower of Christ and a child of God is even though we go through it, there's a high level of peace that we have. So you and I, I as a believer, you as a non-believer, could probably be going through the same thing. And Pastor Steph, you talk about it all the time. I may be skipping around here, la di da di da di da 
and you sweating and rolling on the floor, and you looking at me like I'm crazy, and I'm looking at you like you crazy, and that's because I have the hope that's in Jesus. I have the peace that Jesus has given me. You're trying to find peace in the streets that do not exist. So it has everything to do with understanding that even when you, because even as I, I'm not, I'm not clergy, you know, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister, or anything. And there are times I get phone calls, and it's to the point, it's to the point where sometimes like you'll know, even if it's a person you don't speak to every day, or something like, but like you'll get a text or a phone call, and you'll like, I guess feel the Holy Spirit say it's time to minister, and you like, now God, I got one eye open, because I just got finished crying. Or I haven't been able to get any sleep because of things that I'm going through. Or you probably just got finished kicking my butt through your word. But, yeah, you want me to talk to who? And like you said, you know, they're figuring, oh, I can call and, and ask, you know, whoever because, you know, they're able to do this and they look like they're doing this. And meanwhile, you know how you feel, but that's the strength that God gives you. So where you take care of what he's asking you to take care of you take care of who he's asking you to take care of and then he's taking care of you at the same time and sometimes it doesn't always feel like it but it has a lot i'll never forget one time someone said to me it was like yeah because you always got your thing together you always and i'm just looking at them like if you only knew how i'm getting ready to bust out crying right now you're probably looking at me like i'm like and and i don't remember what i was just going through but i was just like wow god to them my appearance looks like I'm on point. I sound like mentally I'm on point, emotionally I'm on point, but I'm ready to just drop and roll down to Linden Boulevard. But it has everything to do with how God sustains you. So it it does say a lot, and you have to understand that we have an obligation as God's people to be transparent a lot of the times because people are relying on that. There's because we have to be out in the field a lot more, because things are getting real and real by the second, more real and more real by the second, we have to be open with people and let them know how to be able to overcome with God whatever it is that you're going through. So, you know, we have to kill that, or what was it called? That, um, that saying or that belief that just because you're in God, everything is great. But you have to understand that it's his strength you have to rely on, not your own. Absolutely, absolutely. There was a piece of advice or, you know, a statement that was made when Rebel was complaining about singing at a prison. And the mentor said something to the effect of, well, I don't see anything wrong with us giving back. We need to give back. How vital, as we close, how vital is it for us to give back as people of God who, and we need to encourage others? Brother Ainsley. Uh, I think it's important. Excuse me. I think it's important Um, because, you know, as a saying, we should say, you never... uh, uh, you, uh, you don't let you, your bridges don't get too big for your bridges. You know, you need to know where you come from. I mean, I think it's a shame when, um, well, uh, to me, I, I see, I understand the importance of say of, you know, certain pastors and bishops. Okay, 
uh, they get to a certain state, certain things they don't do no more, you know. But it seemed like it seemed like they're to a higher status, wherein it's like the it's more about the position as, as opposed to about service. And to me, you know, service begins. Service is needed everywhere. And if you got to go back to, you may going back to step one. Sometimes just get back to the roots of where you started from. Um, needs to be addressed. You know, just because you came out of out of out, out from from somewhere, doesn't mean that you need doesn't need to go back and or check on your peeps and want to just see just to go back and 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 see you know see where you, where, where your community how they're doing and where you started from. I think it's very important. I think it's very important. Um, you know, it's like I think you you lose part of yourself. It's like you lose part of your foundation. You don't you, if you don't. Uh, think you don't need your foundation anymore, or it's it's not it's not worthy of your time anymore. You know, I think it's very important. Okay, okay, Shantice, how important is it for us to give back? You know, when we've come through so much, when we've you know seen so much, and now we have to reach back to pull people out from where we've been. That is our life's work. Again, that's a part of transparency, letting them know that you don't believe you're too good to do what Jesus is doing, not what he has done, what he's still doing. Because if at any second Jesus was to say, I'm not helping you, every single one of us, I don't care how long you've been pastoring, I don't care how many chicken dinners you done made, I don't care what, you will immediately drop right back the level you were at initially when you first said yes God to your will and your way for my life so none of us are too good to go back and help someone paying it forward help someone the same way Jesus is still helping us so whether it's go and I God is very strategic because look at what God had her doing he didn't have her he didn't have her feet in the homeless he had her directly going back to something that she could identify with specifically. So say you were in juvie, you were in little kids' jail, now you're going to big people's jail. It's still jail. It's still mm-hmm. you're confined within these, within these walls. It's still you're stripped from ben, um, benefits and, and, and privileges and you're, you're being dictated to what you can and cannot do. You're familiar with this. You know, and just like the the counselors told her, I think that's the one who was in the the group home with them. And she said, I know of two girls who were able to make it because music was a positive distraction. So how dare you now think you're too good to go and help these people, whether it was men or women, with the same thing? How do you know there's not men in there that outside of the crime they committed was also into music or with them hearing God's music now, it's uplifting them. And because they were able to see young people singing God's music, that was just another plus for them. So it's really important for you to now show others that you don't think you're too good to do with and for them what Jesus is still currently doing for you. Amen, amen. Ah, Pastor Jeff, how important is this giving back thing? Give and shall be given. It's the will. It's the continuous will. God made us that way. And 
it's very important, most important. You know, you help somebody, you get help, you know. Is, is, is how you bring life back to yourself, blessings back to yourself. So, you know, I think it's of the utmost importance that we give and we serve. Jesus, you know, taught his disciples to serve on that day when he washed their feet. You know, he was letting them know, you know, you're going to be the greatest. You got to be the biggest servant. So it's important. All righty, all righty, amen. Pastor KL, give. Give back. I, I used to hear my, my mother saying all the time when I was young and a teenager, there but for the grace of God goes I. You know, meaning that, that you know, I used to talk about the homeless people. Mom, look, look at them. They're out there living out there in the street. And my mother used to say, there but for the grace of God goes I. And I never understood what she was talking about. Like, why are you talking to me in riddles? And one day she sat me down and said, that could be you. You could be that homeless person that people are ridiculing and talking about. You know, um, it, it, it's important to give back because there but for the grace of God goes I. You know, God, God has put us in a place. He has blessed us to be a blessing. You know, and, and that's very, very important. We, we can forget about the, the, the four walls of the jail. Some folks are incarcerated in their mind. And it's up to it's up to us to be able to speak life into a dead situation. You know, the, the four walls is their mind. You know, the the reason why they can't achieve anything is because they're stuck in the prisons of their mind and believe that there's nothing else. They're stuck in, in, in the place where the white man has been bondage and not even understanding that us as black people are having our own selves in bondage. You know, it's us to it's up to us to be able to speak life in them and, and able to give them Jesus. You know, in in in, in order to, to turn them over to God. You know, we we, we can't just keep it to ourselves. Too many preachers are just preaching to the pulpit, and it's never getting down to the pews. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. All the due time crew does it again. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right, you too. Wow. What a conversation. Amen. Let's get this benediction. Psalm 121, 7 and 8, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen and amen. So many powerful uh, statements today. You know, I was as as they were talking, I was like, "Well, now what? Do you, <laughs> now, how do you close? What do you say that? You know, what what really stuck out to you? You know, what, how are you gonna wrap this all up? And you know, they they've done a fantastic job um, today with just nailing messages for God's people, you know, um, one of the things that 
really just stuck out to me uh, were a couple of things and things that God has, you know, really shown me. And, you know, sometimes the truth belongs in the dark, you know, and the common statement of, you know, what doesn't come out in the wash comes out in the rinse. You know, we know how God wants us to behave. We know how God wants us to be honest. We know how God wants us to be transparent. I remember being, you know, a closed-up person and not, you know, very private, not wanting to share, you know, what, what, you know, what has happened in my past. And I remember God just saying to me, you know, speak up, speak out, because it's not about you. You know, I, I need people to, you know, come to me, but through the testimony of all of my people. And after, you know, I kind of got it, then I just wouldn't shut up because every time, you know, somebody said something to me, God would say, all right, I need you to tell the story. And thus, sometimes the same story kind of gets told, you know, over and over and over again. And some people who have already heard it, you know, they're like, oh, you know, here, you know, here that story goes again. And, you know, you've had that experience with somebody else who keeps, you know, who tells the same story over and over again. And, you know, what Pastor KL said about, you know, um, you know, God hasn't done anything for you now, but all you can talk about is what he's done for you 15, 20 years ago, you know, it's very profound because, you know, people need to know that God is still God. People need to know that God is still active and moving and doing great things and, you know, there's still miracles that are going on and he's still feeding us on a regular basis, on a daily basis and feeding us in many, many, many different ways. And, you know, I remember when, you know, and, and we talked about this one day in service and how sometimes there'll be times when God will tell you to shut your mouth. I've already taken care of something. I need you to be silent on that. You, you I, I need you to tell this, but I need you to be silent on that because, as Pastor Jeff said, sometimes what you say, you know, you feel like, oh, I need to tell this. It, it can actually cause more harm than it will good. And I remember there was a mother in the church who had a, a young child, and she said, you know, well, you know, when my kids get old, I'm going to tell them everything that has happened to me. And I was like, oh, no, you can't, because our children are not who we used to be, or not who children used to be. You know, they'll they'll throw that stuff back up in your face, and they'll use what you've gone through and what you've done as their crutch. Well, you did it. You made your mistakes. Why can't I walk in mine? And, you know, how God dealt with me may be very different as to how God deals with you. So, you know, you can't tell everything because there are certain things that God needs you to hold and let him do the work. There are certain things that we must tell. Like I said, I was told something that I had been trying to hide. I was like, I can't tell nobody. I was arrested. And like the third time around, that's when God said, are you crazy? 
I need you to tell that story. So, you know, be very careful as to what you hold and as to what you give, you know, and sometimes the Spirit of the Lord will spontaneously tell you to speak, even when you may want to be quiet, even when you may not want to share, even may, where it may be too private for you, and there may be other times when you go to speak and God says, I need you to hold on to that. Let me work on that. So, you know, this, this whole thing with, you know, the mother telling her that, you know, sometimes truth belongs in the dark, be very careful that there's not an ulterior motive in that because that's what she was talking about. That's mom had an angle. Mom had something that, you know, she was trying to prevent from getting out because that spoke to her and her husband. It even started off in the very beginning when she said, hey, you know, Mom, I remember you and Dad taking me on a long drive to go way out somewhere. So it was something that they didn't want to be spoken of or revealed back then. So still, 30 years later, as she said, you still don't want this stuff to come out. So Mom had an ulterior motive. So be very careful of people who really say things like that to you because that may be something that they need to 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 get over you know they need to keep in the dark has nothing to do with your journey has nothing to do with what god wants to do with you people want to silence you and and this is a big thing with parents you know a lot of times they don't want you to speak especially if you have unsaved parents you know they they've done what they've done in the past and you can respect you know that hey you know you did what you did in the past i didn't hold i didn't hold it against you but now i've got to speak what god needs me to speak i'm sorry if it reveals something that you may not want to come out but guess what unfortunately i'm doing what god needs me to do because see right now god is using me to save other people the way god used other people to save me now if this is part of my story now uh, a little bit might have to come out and you're gonna have to eat a little bit of that so here you have a mother who you know to save her own you know uh uh self she wants Danita to kind of hold that back and and yes she's lying you know because listen if the if the the person came and said hey you know I'm your son and it wasn't where she was dreaming then that son is still living you know, now all of a sudden, out of all the time, she busts out with this excuse of, you know, hey, this is, uh, the son died, the child died. Of all the things the child died, nah, you know, again, be very careful of people's ulterior motives and how they don't want to share what they would like people to know. That can't be part of who you are. There was a conversation you know, around the statement, people think we sing gospel. Because we sing gospel, we don't struggle, but sometimes even more than others. And I, the first thing came to my mind was absolutely we do. Because, again, like Pastor K.L. said, Anika always says this, we have a big bullseye on us. When we decide to give our lives to the Lord, the enemy is mad. The enemy is mad. Because he's losing, and now his whole goal is to destroy you, is to take you off that path of righteousness, is to reroute you and to make you doubt God. And 
That's his whole goal. So, of course, the struggle is going to be harder on us because, see, when you're living in sin, you find. You find you happy. It feels good. Sin feels good. Yeah, you know, you have your little struggles, but, yeah, sin feels good. So when you make the decision to say, you know what, yes to your will, Lord, yes to your way, yeah, now the fight is on. And the closer you get to God, the fight is on. And because you have an obligation for other lives, then yes, it's definitely going to be strike at the top. Because if you can, like like as was said, once you can knock that top tear off, the rest will go crumbling down and that's one of the reasons why we have to fight so much as clergy. That's why we have to fight, as Pastor Jeff said, you know, you're fighting depression. You're human. You are human. And sometimes I say to God, well, am I human? I, I can't. I don't have a chance to deal with me because I'm so busy dealing with, you know, other people. And it's not a complaint. It is really not a complaint, but it's just like, because you, you feel like you're in limbo at times because, you know, you can't take that that breath, that woosah, because as soon as you're ready to go down, you can't go down because somebody else needs you. And you don't have a problem giving of yourself because when God calls you, it becomes second nature to you to give of yourself. It comes automatically. You are the listener. You are the person who people can come and lean on. And, you know, thus everyone has said, you know, including Shantice who said, you know, people were looking right at her like, you're so strong and, you know, I knew I could come to you, but yet she's crumbling, you know, on that, not only on the outside, but on the inside as well. But she's got to keep that, 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 you know, persona that everything is intact and again the peace beyond all understanding when you know you should be crazy right now there's that peace that keeps things intact when you know you should be going off on people but yet it's that peace that keeps you intact when you know you want to be over in the corner that peace keeps you intact and uh, intact and one of the things I want to say before I close allow that peace Place, be placed in your life and utilize it. Do not crumble every single time you want to crumble. And that's the key to making sure that peace reigns in your life. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on the earth, they will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew who always comes through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Jesus your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Wow Wednesday. Until then, 
I love you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.